the great Canadian talk show. There's only a couple of watts, but I brought the truth to everyone within three blocks of the west side of campus. No way. Yes way. And now, let's get right down to business with Marty Gold. Welcome to the Great Canadian Talk Show podcast. Marty Gold this week, flying solo uh, and uh, auxiliary recording uh, facility being used. So if the audio isn't quite up to par, I apologize in advance, but we have a lot of very important, I have a lot of very important information to get across to the community. A reminder, uh, Great Canadian Talk Show Season 2, Episode 19, and all our episodes are brought to you by Midpoint Auto. Vehicle sales at wholesale pricing, bad credit approved, good credit rewarded. If you're looking for a car, truck, van, SUV, something to drive around for the summer, even something to drive around for next winter, uh, and that's they're not limited just to, to vehicles, off-road vehicles, boats, all sorts of things. It's got a motor, you like to drive it, they're the people you should get a hold of, 833-997-9930, and use our promo code, TALK, T-A-L-K, and they will... Uh, get you set up with uh, exactly what you're looking for, and uh, we benefit from their patronage uh, as a result of your patronage of them. Supporting good, old-fashioned, d- digging your nails into the dirt, digging up the dirt on City Hall journalism right here. Citizen journalism here. Thank you to Midpoint Auto for supporting our efforts. Please support them as well. You can donate via PayPal. That link is in the episode description for sponsorships, advertising, public speaking, or to book a CWE wrestling event. We've got Lorette coming up. I think it's Family Fun Days there. Uh, We are going to be uh, going all throughout Saskatchewan and Manitoba coming up uh, in the next few weeks. Nothing this coming week, so nothing I need to clue you folks into uh, in particular. I'm actually off to Thunder Bay next weekend for the first time in my so-called wrestling career to host an event there. It's going to be big. It's going to be fun. And if you're interested, you think that this is suitable as a fundraiser, for your organization as uh, just a fun event to put on for for uh, you know your group your employees uh, your group of employees your co-workers etc even for uh, social occasions uh, these kinds of things can be tailored to to meet the budget to meet the uh, the kind of audiences being presented to this is generally speaking cwe wrestling family friendly fun and as often as possible i get out to the shows here in winnipeg across manitoba and saskatchewan uh, and now alberta and uh liaison, so to speak, getting across what's happening to the crowd and making sure that uh, as much as I can, that everything goes as smoothly as possible with a minimal number of injuries, especially to myself. Today we're going to have, in the back end, uh, Crime Courts Public Safety Update. You're going to want to listen to that as well as uh, some news, a little bit of news from the legislature. But here we are, and it's now part five of our ongoing series, to my surprise about the Moving on Marion project. And every week, as I, as I said you know, early on, the, the more I ask questions, the more I ask businesses in St. Boniface about the roadway changes, planned for outside their front doors, the worse it got. And so this is just a bottomless pit of incompetence, a bottomless pit of, of what looks like, I have to say, some kind of corruption at this stage, based on the city's past experience, with these things. Our first episode and, and these podcasts have been converted to YouTube. Again, you can go to our YouTube channel, TGCTS, and you can see the illustrated versions. Facts hidden at St. Boniface Bike Lane Open House. Like how many parking spots were, were being proposed to be lost? Why is there a proposed bike lane on Traverse? How many cyclists actually are creating the demand for this? Uh, how many are using Eugenie? None of those were answered at the open house. The second installment, more facts were missing at the St. Boniface bike lane meeting because it pulled a double cross. The plan pulled a double cross on Scotiabank and on the bike lobby. They don't want uh, some of these lanes where they're being put, believe it or not, because it's not according to the plan that the city came to in 2021. So basically, a fake plan, false information put in front of the public at that open house I attended in March. And parking, taking away uh, uh, right beside the Scotiabank. At Traverse and Marion serves a lot of seniors, a lot of other people. And the vice president, who I will be speaking again with this week, the vice president told me that as far as he could tell, they had no information, no heads up. So the public, the people that are clued in, get invited to these meetings. They go, oh, bike lanes, that's wonderful. But nobody gets told what the, what the other side is. And as I've learned, 
the biz did not, uh, the Nord Grow biz representing the businesses on Marion and the, the urban area, and not just Marion, but the urban area, Marion Goulet, uh, and those side streets, I guess, in St. Boniface, did not get an invitation. The biz in total disarray, and that's not all. The Marion Street businesses kept in the dark out the bike lane plan. Or as Spirited Kenny put it, what's going on here? What open house? The public consultation, as I found out, was done by consultants, not by city staff. And I said, this is a redo of the 2010 Battle of the Bike Lanes. And one-sided public processes like we saw in Happyland Park. And, I mean, I was saying it, it sure looked like it's like, you know, my spider sense was tingling. And with good reason. Winnipeg is no stranger to rig public consultations influencing urban planning. And on Facebook, as this controversy has grown, and as the episodes, the podcast and the YouTube episodes, have been put in the various Facebook groups, whether it's Wise Up Winnipeg, certainly the St. Boniface, St. Vitale group, uh, and a couple of others, the Happy Land Park group. The comments from people watching this and reading this material and hearing it points to a slanted open-house process even before March 18th, which led us to Part 4, last week, Episode 18. Marion Street homeowner blasts bike lane plan. Too many lies. Businesses will close. Well, same MO, as Kenny said, as what we saw in the past, that the audit of the Assiniboine bike lane uh, accepted unanimously by City Council in January 2012 set out standards. And yet these standards are, again, not being met. And you're paying your taxes through the nose to pay the consultants to do a piss-poor if not biased, job. I interviewed a homeowner losing frontage under the plan. That was episode 18 last week, part four. What did she say about uh, her experience going to the open house? All the questions she had? What's going to happen to our taxes? Oh, we didn't think of that. It was a shit show. Once again, in this city, it seems to be acceptable to invite people on one side of the street and not on the other side of the street. And I've le- since learned that's not only with the bike lane plan to clue people into major changes in the St. Boniface neighborhood. She called the Marion process a farce. And so this episode, the YouTube version, very, I mean, it's good because she was had sharp comments, I have to say. Reminiscent of the work we did on Kick FM, the work that no other radio station uh, this day does in Winnipeg. No television stations report on any of this. Uh, they they report on, oh, bike lanes are coming to Marion and Goulet. Oh, livability. Blah, blah, blah. All the buzzwords that are attached to it. But they never look beneath the surface to see what's really going on. That's what Marty Gold does. Since no one else wants to do it. And so we turn to some comments from Pace, from Facebook about what's gone, in, gone on here. And lo and behold, we know that there's, um, how do I put this? We know that this is putting some noses out of joint because Matt Allard, the counselor for St. Boniface, who's been silent through this whole thing, belly aches continuously about snow clearing on sidewalks. But while his own neighborhood is crumbling, Goulet virtually impassable, vehicles unable to stay in their lanes because they're running into craters. It looks like a bomb site in behind the poor patrons of the Marion Hotel trying to get in and out of the lot. The people going to A&W, the people going to the Wave Car Wash. Allard, with potholes growing all over this neighborhood where our office has been located for over a baker's dozen of years, actually, I guess the way it would be put. His former assistant, current school trustee, Ryan Palmquist, started to air his views and opinions on Facebook in conversation with various residents who he formerly served, so to speak, as a large assistant. Ryan Palmquist, uh, having it made clear to him uh, that the new bike lanes ties in with the crumbling roads and, uh, and, you know, people's point of view of what's going on in my neighborhood. And one person called it a silent backdoor agenda that w- uh, agenda. He goes silent, Ryan Palmquist says. There's been public consultations for four years, four public meetings, multiple mail-outs, dozens of posters, social media posts, websites, and so on. If this is supposed to be a secret, it's the worst kept secret I've ever seen. 
And so this person asked me, tagging Ryan too, is that true? I said, well, I stand by my reporting. They can brag about City Hall, people affiliated with City Hall, like Palmquist, the bike lobby, can brag about this process all they want. But on the face of it, every single business I've spoken to, every single business I've spoken to, did not get any notice about the open house, had no idea there were bike lanes proposed to take away their parking. And if people associated with City Hall in this project had any shame, they'd be feeling it right now. Instead, they gloat about how great their fake public consultation was. Ryan Palmquist then responding. It was literally the then executive director of the Norwood Business Improvement Zone, who was one of the key champions of this vision and was involved every step of the way. I'm not sure what you're talking about. And as I replied to Palmquist, and as I've told this audience repeatedly, that's news to the new executive director of the biz. And keep that in mind, because I go back to the biz about this subject. But here's Ryan Palmquist, who would know as much as anybody, because he was Madelard's right and left hand, pretty much, for a number of years at City Hall. He says, oh, the biz is all for it. Hmm. But the businesses were left out. He then goes and makes a comment, Ryan Palmquist does, Formerly paid by the taxpayer as a large assistant, uh, assistant, currently paid by the taxpayer as a school trustee. And my understanding is the job he jumped to from City Hall with Save Our Sane is also, that position is also significantly subsidized by city taxpayers through a grant. Here's a guy who for a number of years, whatever else Ryan does, he certainly benefits from the public purse. Not disputable. Another huge conspiracy that only Marty's been able to sniff out. I've heard this story before. Are you fundraising off it? Imagine the nerve, the nerve of an individual paid for by the taxpayer complaining about independent journalism reporting on stories that CBC won't touch. I made the remark back to him. You seem to have a problem with investigative journalism. Hardly a surprise. You're an elected politician now. Only one reporter, I point out, has spoken to the new director of the Norwood Grove Biz to confirm if they support this and ask if their members were notified about the open house I fundraised based on all my work, including election coverage and not only this project. Another individual saying that his comment was incredibly greasy, very greasy, it says, uh, uh, incredibly greasy and very low class that seems to reek of cover-up. And he comes back, uh, you know, with this concept. I ask him, did you listen to my podcast? He goes, oh, thanks for the answer. A good business model. In other words, I stir up shit over nothing. Really? Well, I'm going to repeat to this audience what I said to him. Supporting my investigative work, breaking news that affects the taxpayers is a good business model. And I asked him, what information was presented to the biz members and residents about the number of lost parking spaces at those public meetings you referred to? Hmm. Well, there's the point. Now, I put this out in the podcast. I asked this at that open house in March. I was not given an answer for two weeks until, of all things, and I genuinely am thankful. I think I mentioned this previous podcast. I, I might have. I might not have. On Twitter, as this, these debates were going on, not involving Ryan Palmquist, just to be clear, and not really involving Matt Allard directly, the person who succeeded Matt Allard as public works chair on Twitter uh, I was circulating the podcast, so I tagged the Norwood Biz Grove and other, other associated entities, right, in the course of a conversation on Twitter. Janice Lukes very kindly sends in a, a screen capture, an image, of um, something comes from the city, from the city administration. I don't know if it was created as a result of her making an inquiry after my investigation started pointing out what appear to be deficiencies in this so-called public consultation, or if this is a document that existed previously that was not divulged, not revealed, clearly at any of the meetings I've heard about or at the open house. Numbers for current state versus proposed with the installation of a unidirectional bike lane on both Marion and Goulet. These are specific to the Marion-Goulet couplet area. So the current is in red, proposes in green and it's got three categories and two sections two sections being discussed the marion section the goulet section available spaces when no restrictions are in place so outside of the rush hours right now on marion there's 207 and on goulet 52 a total of 259 under the proposal thanks to public works chair janice lukes we now know that the nominal number of parking spots will be 184. 
That's a reduction, my Faye Hodgman, Joseph Lindsay Collegiate High School Math tells me that's a reduction of 75 spots. 75! Not the 25 that was hinted at by one of the consultants at the open house to me. 75. But that's not all. Now, during rush hour, morning rush hour, right now on Marion, that 207 is reduced to 124 because of various stretches where parking isn't allowed to facilitate the flow of traffic. Okay. Now on Goulet right now, because there's a bus lane in the mornings, the number of available spaces in morning rush hour is zero. And this plan proposes to raise it to 60. So in morning rush hour, St. Boniface will go from 207 spaces to 184. There's going to be a reduction on Marion of 83 spaces during morning rush hour. So people that park there because they're going to work, early morning apartments, there's appointments, there's doctors, there's dentists, there's home care, valuable home services to uh, senior citizens and others in that neighborhood. They're going to try to make up for the loss. The net loss looks like it's only 23, but they're going to put 60 of those spots on Goulet. Now you ask yourself, how many people really want to walk from about November 15th to about April the 1st? When they're going someplace on Marion, I have to find a spot on Goulet and then, and that's a long block. There's no cut throughs. There's no, you can't cut through yards and then go across the back lane. So you're going all the way to the corner, and right? How many people want to do that walk from Marion to go to where they, from Goulet rather, to go to where they have to go on Marion? Now, during the afternoon rush hour, currently on Marion, 176 spaces. This would be reduced to 124, a loss of 52. On Goulet, available in rush hour now is 41. It would go up to 60. So the idea is to give Goulet a standard 60 parking spots at all times of the day. And that would bring it up to 184. So right now there's 217 in afternoon rush hour. It would go to 184. Again, a loss of 33 spots. But that's not all that we're losing. Because the bus lane on Goulet will be gone and traffic on Goulet will be squeezed into two lanes with the bus lumbering in and out of a lane that is blocked off by those curb bump outs that nobody likes. So if you want to turn right to go down Kenny, down Traverse, for whatever reason, you are, instead of pulling into the curb lane where there's no, no, no parking towards the corners and zipping around the corner, they want you to turn from in traffic. This is going to back traffic up indisputably. Now, I have the parking numbers, and I send an email to the biz saying, I want to ask, speak directly again to you, and I've pasted in a comment made by Matt Allard's former assistant. Right? That is that this was supported, championed by her predecessor. And I ask, can you provide me with the minutes from your board meetings to establish that the biz directors were aware of her activity on their behalf and ratified her decisions? And I'm seeking other documentation, emails, reports, update bulletins, flyers, that would outline how and when the biz members on Marion, on Goulet, on those side streets, were informed by her and surveyed for their opinions, concerns. Have you contacted your members yet about their exclusion from the open house? In previous podcasts, I've proven there's at least a dozen businesses had no idea that parking that affects their ability to get deliveries, to serve customers, to be a viable business was being discussed. The city was encouraging people to go along with this plan at their expense. The response, Norwood Grove Biz, is organizing an open house with our members about the moving on Marion to listen to their voices and see what they have to say about this plan. That's all I can tell you right now. Thank you. No answer about minutes. I've called an official from the city because I believe that I should be able to, any of us should be able to access the minutes of this nonprofit, particularly the annual general meeting. Uh, certainly any business person I've talked to there, people have been there for longer than 20 years, seven years, four years. They don't seem to have known anything about this. But now the biz, who people like Ryan Ponko says champion this, the biz is having to hold an emergency meeting with their members to listen to their voices and what they have to say about this plan. I wanted to ask uh, the biz, the executive director, do you know about the amount of parking that's being lost? I want to provide that information. She doesn't want to talk to me. I guess she'll learn about it like the rest of you are on the Great Canadian Talk Show podcast. 
Do you have a comment, story tip, or want to advertise or support the Great Canadian Talk Show podcast? Email tgcts1 at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group or follow us on Twitter at TGCTS. You have the power. The Great Canadian Talk Show podcast is brought to you by Midpoint Auto. Vehicle sales at wholesale pricing. 1.99% financing on new cars. 6.99% financing on great used vehicles. Cars, trucks, vans, SUVs. That's not all. Off-road vehicles, campers, snowmobiles, dirt bikes, even boats. If you're in the market for something with an engine, then that's the place you want to go. Midpointautomotive.ca, the phone number, 833-997-9930. Again, that's 833-997-9930. Midpoint Auto, bad credit approved, good credit rewarded. If you're a listener of the Great Canadian Talk Show podcast, let them know by giving them the promo code. T-A-L-K, the word talk. That's the promo code, and you're sure to get a great deal from Midpoint Automotive. So that now that the biz can tell their members, although I've already told a few, about the actual uh, loss of parking, the degree of it. Oh, and I, you know, there's another point I want to make, actually. It's worse than what I've described. We're looking at numbers of 75, generally speaking, and 30 or 40, I think it would be 25 to 40 during rush hours. But it's worse than that because I forgot to to mention the 24 lost spots on Traverse. So that's 24 plus 75 equals 99. 99? 99. Clearly thought up under a cone of silence by chaos and their agents in the bike lobby and this consulting company and these other engineers, all of them are happy to go along with this, but nobody ever wonders, hmm, what about the effect on the community? Because they don't live here. They don't give a shit about the people of St. Boniface. Unfortunately for them, I do. Now, public policy dictates that transit use is to be encouraged. And we see they propose to take away a bus lane on Goulet, uh, cripple traffic in and out of the neighborhood north of Goulet. And remember, I asked at that open house, what traffic studies have you done about the neighborhood near the hospital? And I was told they had done none. How does it encourage transit use to take away the bus lane that's used exclusively priority bus service going towards downtown and from 7 to 9 a.m. Now, meanwhile, here's CKY, Janice Lukes, our pal. She does a uh, spot with Clay Young, Cassius Clay. People don't think counselors take the bus, but I take the bus. Why not? It's super easy. Hmm. Not going to be as easy when you don't have that priority bus lane going towards downtown in the mornings through St. Boniface. Well, what are the why nots? Clay Young, I don't think, asked because he didn't see that as the purpose of what he was doing. And, and I understand, you know, different news items have different purposes. I, I've been there. So Clay Young didn't mention unreliable service, non-paying scoff laws, intoxicated passengers, the violence, bear spray, machetes, people getting pissed on. Counselors, in my opinion, need to ride at night. Just like the plebes do to see the full scope of the dysfunction and none of them do. Now, I made this comment on Twitter, and lo and behold, a former school trustee saying, is there even a bus shelter near City Hall that isn't being lived in? Barbara, another person, longtime listener of our program on Kick FM and to our podcasts, she said, I found it safer to walk to a further bus stop from where I worked in the exchange district than get on that bus after a few experiences of intimidation, badgering riders for money, screaming and yelling. Another guy saying, well, I drove down McDermott near Health Sciences Center with snowbank windrows, cycle lanes, a single lane for cars, and people who park need to turn their mirrors in so there's enough room to get by. And no doubt, you know, there's no comment from the area councillor about the effect on McDermott uh, in the exchange district uh, side of it. Now, I've talked with a couple of businesses here in the course of doing this research that moved from downtown and moved from the exchange, exchange district to come here. They moved because they've seen this scene before. Well, now we know. Let me recap. We know that there's at least 99 parking spaces being targeted under this bike plan, bike lane plan that was not disclosed to anybody at any one of the meetings that I've been able to find. 
you'd think that that's important information because that now I'm admitting to you, I don't know the number of parking spots on a couple of the other uh, stretches off of Goulet. Um, There's very few on Kenny beside the 7-Eleven and towards uh, uh, or coming from the no frills between Marion and Goulet. So it's just a few spots there. I don't think there's any parking at all on Taché between Marion and Goulet. There, pro- there would be, I think, maybe, maybe on Eugenie. So we're looking at, when I add in these 24, it, it's 99 spots. We know that the total number is 259 plus uh, 24 is 283, 283 spots. What's 99 at 283? It's uh, more than 33%. It's pushing 40% of the parking. Pushing 40% of the parking is at risk. What happens when you take away 100 spots, basically, from a neighborhood? Well, guess what? The city is right now engaging in a, in a, in a live, they're about to engage in a, in a live laboratory experiment with promoting this kind of chaos in Osborne Village. An email from a listener, login, somebody who used to be on our, our radio show, uh, they, um, they, they have a job where I prefer not to identify them, but they're well experienced at city hall processes. Actually, they know they're smarter about some of these processes, way smarter than I am because of their own experience in, in business and live event management and other things. Further your bike paths on Marion and Goulet, a forecast of what will likely happen is a construction will start next year and only then will people realize what it means. I attempted to go to an info session at the church and this is about Osborne Village only to find the doors locked and no hours posted. I don't live in the area, so I just gave up, but they, they do business in the area. I know that under the construction plan, it removes 100 parking spaces, including loading zones, handicapped spots on the north side of the road, meaning river. And this issue of the ability of the disabled to be able to access services to get to appointments when a bike lane is in the way of of vehicles that uh, are side loading and unloading, that's a substantial problem trying to get a 300-pound motorized wheelchair and a human being when there's an 8-inch drop to the pavement because the the, uh, platform can't go all the way to the ground because there's a bike lane curb there. I didn't even think, I have to tell you, I didn't even think of asking how many loading zones are going to be affected or wiped out. Well, let's look at the experiment that's about to happen in Osborne Village. This affects businesses, apartment loading zones in favor of, of the parking, uh, which has a, prote- meaning the bike lane, which has a protective curb around it. Uh, oh, they're talking, I think, about the, the, the bump outs. Sherbrooke's bike lane proceeds on the south side of the road where parking is generally not allowed, but it has loading zones almost the entire length of it, including handicap loading. I'm not sure who designed this, but I can't imagine when shovels at the ground in June, there won't be some red hot anger. Do you hear that, city councillors? Call your city councillors, send them a link to this, and let them know there's going to be red hot anger, according to somebody who's pretty smart when it comes to what goes on with this stuff. In Osborne Village, the gold standard remains Sherbrooke, I'm told, where a bike lane was built without affecting parking or loading zones between the bridge, meaning the Maryland Bridge, and Portage Avenue. Not sure why this was not considered for one of these two streets. And I think he, this also means Marion and Goulet. It's possible to do these things and have the community buy-in as we saw with Sherbrooke. As it stands now, Osborne Village loses 100 spots of parking, tons of loading and handicapped spaces. Goulet, turning our attention back to, say, Boniface, is a poor candidate for a bike lane at three lanes and with the hospital right at the end. Marion has possibilities because with four lanes, you could have parking-protected bike lanes or you keep loading zones. Parking and handicap priority areas. The example again is Sherbrooke with a hospital right there. When you actually get out and talk to people directly, you can find out if it works and enhances the neighborhood. I'd hate to see small businesses collapse because they lost their loading zone and parking. I love that area of town. Why is there a determination, this listener asks, to put paths in places where it is clear they have not got a clear idea who live and work there? would be best to go back to the drawing board before they get what Osborne Village will see in June. The loss of 100 parking spots there will make people suffer. This guy did not know that the loss here was going to be that number. It's a magic coincidence, isn't it? It's always, yeah, put in bike lanes for a few blocks on, on thoroughfares in our most valuable neighborhoods. Mixed-use neighborhoods. Hmm. So... What did you just hear this listener suggest? That the consultants, that the city engineers, that the city councillors, they don't go and talk with the people to find out what will and won't work. Well, I did. I took it to the streets, Doobie Brothers style, with a flyer. 
distributing a flyer with basic information, guiding people to the YouTube video, explaining my experience as somebody who's been here for, I said a baker's dozen, 13 years. And I decided time to go talk with the people. And I went up and down Dollard Boulevard. Why Dollard Boulevard? Because when traffic is backed up on Goulet, And you've got two lanes of traffic. And now instead of being able to pull into the curb lane on the right to turn right, you're going to be sitting in the traffic lane, in a travel lane. Somebody's turning right and left, traffic stopped. Okay? It stopped. And that's all there is on Goulet. What happens when your uh, grandmother, your uncle, your brother-in-law, a child suffers a heart attack, a stroke, a catastrophic accident? And that ambulance coming down, say, Archibald, Right? And goes down Marion and then tries to navigate the bombed out craters on Goulet. And then they're all backed up. What's going to happen when they finally get towards the hospital? Those ambulances, fire trucks, whatever. They're going to start making their way onto Dollard Boulevard. Which is the street that leads straight into the front door of the hospital. It's sort of earmarked at the hospital. The hospital on one side, on the uh, west side of Taché, and then on the east side of Taché, there's 400 Taché. It's, I think, eight stories, six stories, eight stories with medical offices and, and a really good, couple of good restaurants, one good restaurant, well, two good restaurants, actually, a deli and uh, uh, used to be a Chinese restaurant, but uh, they've replaced it with something else now, and a pharmacy on the main floor, right? And on the other side is Lavarandre Park, okay? So it's a street that goes in and out of the front door of St. Boniface Hospital. It doesn't go all the way to Damiron. It's cut off just before Damiron. I went and I canvassed that neighborhood. 13 people I spoke with on Saturday. Another nine on Sunday. I spoke with 14 people on their doorstep. The first fellow, 88 years old, uh, had no idea of this plan. Clued out. His property value is going to be affected one way or the other in his view. Certainly not impressed, having been there longer than I've been alive, to find out that he could have uh, ambulances with their sirens wailing, using Dollard as a detour because Goulet is too congested, because vehicles don't have room to get out of the way of the emergency vehicles. But that's not all. Of these people I talked with, of the 14 at their houses on Dollard, one had heard that there was an open house. They saw the postcard. They and one other person knew what moving on Marion meant. This is out of uh, uh, the people with the houses. Two of them heard had heard about moving on Marion because they'd heard about the podcasts. So I'm doing at least as good as the city consultation so far at creating awareness that the public is supposedly being asked for feedback on this plan. 22 people total I spoke with. Now, some were people who live in the neighborhood or on Dollard itself, but some like, would live, let's just say down all know or something. I'd ask, do you, you live nearby? Yeah, I'm just going over there. So there's nine other people, a waitress at a local restaurant, a couple of, uh, uh, there are about five guys in their 20s. Um, housewife uh, with a small child, uh, a professional uh, woman who's on her mat leave, uh, uh, and uh, might I add, not from Canada originally, that was very interested in this. And a few senior citizens in their homes, right? Tradespeople in their homes. Clearly, at least, you know, two gen, at least a minimum of two genders, okay, participated in this exercise with me. I talked to 22 people. None of them heard of the Kenny Street Greenway. That's the plan to put bike lanes on Kenny that the city apparently decided on in 2021, but the open house didn't mention. And instead they show these bike lanes on Traverse. Guess how many knew about these bike lanes on Traverse? Zero, including properties that border on Traverse. And the deal on Kenny, same thing. House on that corner, no idea. How does, does that make any sense? Of course it doesn't. None of them knew the bike lane, bike lane was, or the bus lane rather, on Gooley was being removed, or about the bump outs to slow traffic further, and that when you start dicking around with parking, this is going to migrate parking. There's a ripple effect. It's going to go uh, on the uh, south side of Marion towards uh, uh, Eugenie and Horace, and it'll come back to the Dollard side. Okay, uh, on on uh, Bertrand and and other streets, Thomasbury. Okay, and then the Dollard, and this is important because. We have a hospital here, and I called somebody at the WHA, and I've 
ask questions of the WRHA. And they were very concerned with the information I was uh, providing. Now, I understand that ambulances are a city service. So the hospital may not initially have thought about this because they assume the city's consulted with their own ambulance service about, hmm, will this plan affect response? How is response already being affected by narrowed streets and curbs and bump outs and good questions, eh? I'm starting to ask them. I'm waiting for answers from the WRHA. They were very uh, kind to me in the conversation. And this will also affect the ability of people to get to work on time, to get to their appointments on time. So when you have employees of the hospital, anyone coming from the east, a gulag's going to be backed up like that. And then also access uh, from Traverse is going to be narrowed down. And it's already, you know, I'm not up in the mornings. I'm hearing how bad it is mornings in the afternoon rush hours around the Dollard neighborhood. This area of St. Boniface is not represented by any residence organization. So similar to how the biz didn't invite their own members to the open house, and the biz seems to have been put together by the previous executive director, who, in my opinion, had a fiduciary duty to the members that seems to have been compromised, if not failed. And this should be brought up at the open house with the biz members. What are they paying for? Exactly. Because it isn't to defend the businesses. Well, nobody defends the community, and the biz certainly didn't. They didn't even invite their members because the members would have gone there and said, hey, my customers that live in this neighborhood, how how are we supposed to be able to serve them? They're coming from downtown. They come from wherever they drive. They pick up their flowers. They pick up their pizza. They pick up this. They pick up that. They want to do some shopping, and now they can't. We're defining the quality of life here strictly by what's best for cyclists because the only people that benefit from moving on Marion, not the handicapped, not the businesses, not the residents. But if you got a $2,000 bike, you're a winner. How many trees are going to come down? Urban, uh, the, you, know, urban, ur, you know, urban heat zones, right? Urban heat deserts. The difference could be 20 degrees or more. It could be the difference between the street being 45, or, uh, 45 degrees Celsius or being like 27. There's no plan for a park and ride. What kind of a plan is this? Why, if you want to get people to take the bus, you take away a bus lane and not thinking about a park and ride on the Canada Packers lands or someplace. So the people coming from Southdale, from our old buddies in Sage Creek, right? Coming from Royal, from Royalwood, coming from Windsor Park, Southdale. Why is there no ideas for a park and ride? Makes you wonder, doesn't it? This is a dense area with high traffic and two chokehold points at Provence Bridge and the Marion Bridge. And this is going to spill over on a Provence too. So anybody on the Old St. Boniface Residence Association that does not represent this neighborhood, does not speak up for this neighborhood. Now, I'm not saying they do or don't support this, but anybody in Old St. Boniface, the other side of Provence, the north side of Provence, right where all the new condos are, they might think this is a great idea. Hmm. Thanks for coming up with ideas that aren't so good for our neighborhood. Again, I'm not saying the organization itself does or doesn't, but I'm saying people individually, in, like people in Norwood Flats, oh, we want to ride our bikes. We want to be able to go to Marion and Goulet. Really? You do? How about you create your own your own uh, uh, retail area over there and ride your bike there? But you want to come here, and you want to come here in a manner that is detrimental to this neighborhood, to the viability of the businesses, to the viability of, of the safety on our street, our streets. You want ambulances shortcutting down, and I don't, nobody's against saving lives. You want ambulances all of a sudden having to come down because the streets were made narrower? The main thoroughfares, the route, what is it, Route 115, was made narrower? Hmm. This will slow commuters, and whether we like it or not, people commute through this area. To go downtown, go to the West End, go to Polo Park, go to Fort Rouge, go to Osborne Village. Normally, in proper planning, you think about these things. Park and ride. Priority bus lanes. Then you have the, the, bike, uh, the bike, sort of, uh, bike lane sort of you know, melded in with that. That's called proper planning. What do we have in Winnipeg? Improper planning. Now, were there previous proposals, designs, uh, that considered priority transit and then were dismissed? Like, if this isn't in the final design, why isn't it? This is going to slow down bus service indisputably through St. Boniface. So instead of making bus service better, they're going to make it more unreliable. It will be faster. 
to walk from Archibald and Marion, to walk from the Thames, it'll be faster to walk downtown than to drive it. And when it's faster to walk than to drive, when it's faster to walk than to take a bus, you're creating a big problem. And what was it called in the Anticipation Osborne Village? Red Hot Anger. And we aren't even talking about the safety factor of the buses, which is why I mentioned it before. If you plan transit through the area and park and rides, you might even get commuters into that. But this goes above and beyond the area residents and our businesses. The traffic flow is going to be altered all the way to Provence. And then when you start move, you know, screwing around with that, that goes into a tourist area by the Forks. And it's by a hospital. More traffic. But they don't care. We know they don't care. Council Lord was happy when bus service was cut on Sundays to the St. Boniface Hospital. He thought a couple years ago that was a great idea. Me, there's more factors to this. You know, developments that are, are restricting traffic, uh, uh, like parking allowances, number of parking spots, uh, but not improving transit. This is this could. I see some aspects of how it's going to affect property values, but I don't want to get too deep into that uh, right now. The flyers are out. Attention, Dollard Boulevard area residents and property owners. If you know people in that area. Send me an email, martygoldlive at gmail.com. I'll get them a flyer. Well, we're providing, uh, also, I'll be providing people that contact me with a link to a survey just to get an idea. Who knew about this? What do they think? What do they know? What are they concerned about? Are they concerned about what's going to happen to St. Boniface Hospital? Let me tell you something right now. The WHA is going to be getting back to me, and I bet you dollars to donuts, they're going to have some concerns. And I'm going to be very interested whether they were given a chance to raise those concerns ahead of time, or if the loss of parking spots and how it's going to ripple through the neighborhood and what's going to happen to ambulances, whether anybody raised this at all. So you want to know why people, elected politicians like Ryan Palmquist, don't like journalists like uh, like myself doing this kind of work? Don't you think the, the, the uh, city councilor or his assistant should would normally, you know, it would be their business to make sure that 14 homeowners and tenants in their doorways on Dollard knew about this? 22 people I spoke with, only two knew about this. There was no public consultation, and the same way as they're taking advantage, this bike lobby, these urban visionaries are taking advantage of the biz and the disarray in the biz, they are taking advantage of the neighborhood around St. Boniface Hospital. Over my dead body, they will. Back with more after this. The Great Canadian Talk Show is brought to you by The Hive Hair Company. From classic to funky, the styles of your life are at The Hive in the heart of the Osborne Village at 175 Osborne. Call 452-4483 or online, thehivehaircompany.com. With Barry Street, with Assiniboine, with McDermott, with Nassau, in 2010... And yet still this 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 just naked flaunting of the public consultation guidelines is continuing. Like, there's no way Janice Lukes or any city council should accept that on one street of 14 residents. And this is just like a sample. But as man in the street interviews go goes. There's pretty significant that no, and they all talked about their concern about what would happen and, and that this made no sense. One guy's a cyclist himself, you know, he, he bikes to work morning, takes his car. He said, this is nuts. Nobody biking in this neighborhood would go there. You're going down these streets here. All no and Jean d'Arc and streets like that. Or you go to Tache. So the fact that there's the businesses were left out and the neighborhood that will be a f- most affected because the hospital's our biggest employer and that they, they were like completely left out. It's not just wrong, but we're paying a lot of money to see the same things happen again. Does nobody give the consultants a handbook and say, here's our guidelines, here's our rules? Or do they make up this shit as they go along while their friends in the, in the uh, interested, the vested interests in the urban visionary field Get clued in everything. Then all of a sudden, oh, 97% of people support this. Bullshit. Try that 
in the five blocks uh, to the east of the hospital to Provence. Try that, try that all the way down to Della Marini and see what kind of reaction you get. I dare you, City Hall. I dare you. You won't do it. Nobody will do it. Because then you'd actually hear, as was described with Osborne Village, what happens when people who live there can talk intelligently about what the effect is. This isn't to say bike lanes aren't a good idea where they fit. But this idea is clearly, clearly somebody's in it for something. I just haven't figured out what it is yet, but I will. Crime Court's public safety update, as I said. Uh, a provincial matter not really related to crime, not related to public safety, probably won't end up in court. But uh, the controversy involving Wab Canoe, uh, and any time he gets into a controversy involving confrontation, his uh, past pardoned criminal record, altercations, alleged altercations come up. Uh, and it did again with regards to a matter at the legislature. The Black Rod blog, after CBC and other outlets said there's nobody has any pictures of this or any video, the Black Rod blog, citizen journalism, coming up with the evidence that Dan Lett and the Free Press said didn't exist. In the absence of evidence, this is silly. Nah, not so silly when you hear what was said and hear what was said at the scrums. And this is the tone of voice of Abi Khan, the uh, essentially victim of the aggression, of the rude behavior at the very least, and Wab Canoe and how he tried to talk his way around the questions. Link is provided here in the episode description, Obby versus Wabi, the real story of Handshake Gate. Now we swing over to uh, the uh, public safety side of things. And we go from St. Boniface Hospital, where there is, by the way, an increasing... The, the, I don't want to say it's increasing now, but certainly the neighborhood has changed over the years, and people do mention... Uh, Difficult behavior, but it has improved the last few years. The work of uh, St. Boniface Street Links has taken a lot of people um, out of circulation, helped take people out of circulation. But it gets mentioned, it was really bad here. Uh, 2018, 19 people, women, nurses being assaulted uh, uh, and and, and uh, you know, leaned on for contributions as they went to their cars and parking lots. Lo and behold, Health Sciences Center, Darlene Jackson, Nurses Union, she believes an uptick in crime, especially Winnipeg's inner city, is contributing to increasing safety concerns among nurses outside of their employer's, employer's doorways, meaning Health Sciences Center. They feel unsafe going to and from their vehicles. CBC headline. She makes the point every employee deserves to have a safe workplace and be able to get back and forth to work safely. I think every employee at HSC and every facility deserves that to be able to access your vehicle without fear. The parkades are not secure, she told CBC. Vehicles owned by nurses have been broken into, including one incident four months ago where a nurse didn't realize her vehicle had been rummaged till she saw her sunroof was smashed. Somebody was got into the back seat, used her sweater as a blanket, and there was a used condom in the back of her vehicle. Meanwhile, the province four years ago promised institutional safety officers at the hospitals the union filed a FIPA, Freedom of Information Request, to see how many officers have been hired for healthcare facilities in the province. The number is zero. Hmm. In an email from Shared Health, a spokesperson told CBC that the safety of staff and patients at healthcare facilities is of utmost importance. <laughs> now, lower in the story, what does it say? As long as nurses' vehicles are on campus, they're able to ask security at HSC for an escort. But Jackson has been told security is often busy within the facility. Ain't that the truth? Those of us that have known people doing security at the hospital can tell you, can reflect their horror stories. So it takes a long time for a security officer to be freed up to accommodate the request. Shared Health confirmed it is unable to provide security escorts, escorts off campus. Let's do this again. Shared Health said the safety of staff and patients is of utmost importance. They confirmed they are unable to provide safety escorts off campus. So they're liars too. Nurses have started to go to their group in groups of their vehicles where they fear, feel safer with more of their peers. Lovely, isn't it? Imagine, you know, I, I a while ago was scheduled for a, a, an annual MRI, and they tried to schedule me for Health Sciences Center at 9.30 in the evening on a Saturday, and you know what I told them? You can only imagine what I told them. You 
walk. Oh, so this is a few months ago in the dead of winter. You do it. Would the health minister do it? Not on your life. Not on your life would you see Audrey Gordon walking out of Health Science Center at 9.30 to walk two or three blocks out of Furby or, or, or one of the uh, Juno or one of the other side streets to go to her car. And, you know, Health Science Center, that's core area, inner city. But now we've seen that inner city violence is all over the place. Last Monday, three people arrested after multiple bear spray attacks. Convenience store in the 600 block of St. Mary's Road. I believe that that would be the 7-Eleven. They put on, uh, they uh, bear sprayed somebody outside the store as they fled. It doesn't say they try to rob the place. It's very strange. Maybe they had something against a clerk who threw them out for shoplifting or something. They then put on ski masks after they left the store. That's the way the story reads. And fled the scene. This, I think, from police, actually. Third victim was sprayed in the 200 block of Meadowood Drive. So they booted it. They hoofed it. From 1600 St. Mary's down towards the mall, which is technically not, I mean, it's 1280. It would be sort of like 1300 range on the other side. Canine unit caught up to these uh, perps. Three officers and a police service dog sprayed in the face. Who was arrested? A 20-year-old woman. Numerous assault-related and resisting arrest charges. A 20-year-old woman, an 18-year-old man, and a 13-year-old boy. Where are the parents? Now, the funny thing is that on Facebook, I will not identify the individual by name, but the purported mother of the 13-year-old posted complaining that she was that her son was badly beaten, uh, eye vessels popped, bruised face, he, y'all, he, but, oh, what is he? Some may think he brought it upon himself, y'all, but Mace, the officer, and the canine, they sicked on him. Do you think they know he's 13, necessarily? Because this was, like, late at night in the dark. My son informed the officer he's only 13, and she alleges he, they proceeded to use force to stomp on him some more, and uh, has other colorful descriptions, including uh, effing bastard bitches. That's somebody's mother. The kid was out with two adults, uh, firing bear spray at people in St. Vital. River Heights, you know, they're lucky. They don't seem to get a lot of bear spray attacks. All they get is cars being put on fire around 10 p.m. Uh, on Tuesday. That might have been Monday night, actually. Car parked for winter storage, covered in the Waverly-Oxford back lane between Grant and Mathers. The, the fire department got there before the fuel tank or the garage got it. So, St. Vital. River Heights, Health Sciences. Let's keep going north, shall we? Garden City. Cineholic is a store that opened under a year ago in Garden City on McPhillips. They had a break-in again. They're replacing their glass door for the second time because of a break-in enter. There were two other incidents of attempted robbery while open and staff were present. This is all before they celebrate their one-year anniversary. Here's what they say. Our staff do not deserve to feel unsafe. Despite surveillance meaning cameras. We still have to deal with the aftermath of the financial and emotional burden this place is on us. Some might say, well, you chose to do business there. And yes, that's correct. We wanted to bring something different in the neighborhood because all the good restaurants are on the south side of the city. And our customers from Garden City would travel to us on Keniston. They asked us to support their neighborhood. We did. Something needs to be done with crime in this neighborhood before all businesses start to shut down. Providing a uh, photograph in their Facebook post. Uh, this is a, a person who attempted to steal from them. Please contact the police and give a reference number. Crime up and down the pike. Go, go up and down, right? It, like uh, from Dakota, right? Dakota, Osborne, Isabel, all the different name changes. A little offshoot to Stafford to go through River Heights, then go down McPhillips to Garden City. Don't see really hear an awful lot from some of the city councillors of those wards. Some of them, you know, listen to this program, I get it, but I can't say that I hear them talking about crime in their neighborhoods. And maybe they should start, and maybe they need to realize it, that they too need to show that they care uh, about the, the overall health of their business community and of people walking the streets, minding their own business. Well... There'll be more. We'll see if Spirit of Kenny's able to rejoin me uh, next week for episode uh, 20 of season two. Um, again, my thanks to Midpoint Auto and our other supporters. I'm again making the point. CBC hasn't reported this. CKY hasn't reported this. Global TV, no. CJOB, no. 
The free press apparently is starting to realize that maybe something's going on in St. Bonifacio. The fact is, every one of those newsrooms, and not say they did, but everyone would likely be more likely to take a press release that goes, oh, moving on Marion is going to bring bikes and livability. Neighbor, livability. Not for the people that live here. Not for the people that do business here. Those newsrooms have missed the story. These are the same newsrooms that said there's no pictures or video of Wab Canoe aggressively shaking Abby Khan's hand. Turns out there was. So there's value in the alternative media. Because when the alternative media is on the ball, when we're here alive and kicking, when we're here with your support, guess what? We learned that maybe during the time that some people were uh, involved in civic politics in St. Boniface, that they pretend that there's been proper public consultation, but it turns out that it wasn't. And it was on their watch. And they dare to say, Oh, another, you know, another, what was it? Another conspiracy, another scandal. And only Marty Gold is like, you're right, I'm the only one that comes up with it. You're right, because I'm the only one that talks to the people on the street. I'm the only one that has the experience, decades of experience, in many fields in this city, retail businesses, entertainment facilities, driving cab, social services, internet companies, all throughout, down the, especially the downtown area in Fort Rouge. Our own presence in St. Boniface for 13 years. So a lot of this news being reported by people that simply don't care. Because what they might find out won't fit their agenda. I am here for you. And that is why, once again, I'm asking you. Come forward. Sponsorships. Advertising. Quiet support. It is integral. Winnipeg obviously needs a watchdog because the media is not doing their job and nobody's watching what's actually going on at City Hall in many respects. Winnipeg needs a watchdog. Can you imagine, I'll leave you with this thought, can you imagine if Peter Warren was still on the air? Do you think this would have happened? Do you think this would be going on if Peter Warren was on the air? There is no Peter Warren anymore. So for better or for worse right now, folks, you're stuck with me. And so again, your support, whether it's through PayPal, contacting me personally. Let's get this going. Let's keep this going. Let's get it funded. If you have businesses in Winnipeg and especially in St. Boniface, I'm fighting for your livelihood. If you have relatives in this neighborhood that need home care service, you know, you take away parking on Mary, now you expect people to park on Goulet. What about the home care workers that go into those high-rises on Goulet and try to provide important, essential hygienic services? care to the many 70, 80, 90 year old residents 90 year old residents on Goulet and some of the other adjacent buildings now they're going to have to park down Travers down Kenny on Thomasbury and then walk in the dead of winter by the end of the day somebody's not getting their bath somebody's not getting their, their meal somebody's not getting their, their medical care I'm here to fight for you because none of the newsrooms will do it and that's why I'm asking for your support Take a minute and do it. Don't look to your left. Don't look to your right. Look in the mirror. Would this be city? Would this city be better off if nobody was reporting on how the businesses in St. Boniface are about to get screwed? If nobody was reporting about what's going to happen in Osborne Village when the businesses and residents there and the apartment dwellers do get screwed? No. That isn't going to make Winnipeg better. Going along to get along doesn't work when it comes to City Hall. It may work for politicians, and I understand that's part of the game. Like, I get it. I know what's going on. There is a role that is not fulfilled in this marketplace. There's a role that is not fulfilled in this community. And I came back with the civic election with Spirit of Kenny, and I'm moving forward to the provincial election, but I find, in the course of thinking, I was going to really focus on basically politics, that, in fact, Winnipeg needs a watchdog. I will be that watchdog with your financial support, with your moral support, with your resources. I will do the job. If you support me, I will continue to support you because nobody else is willing to do it. Not one newsroom that gets money from Trudeau is willing to do this kind of work. Instead, they're going to be like that Brian Pincott, that joker that moved here from Calgary, that lives in the West End, that told La Liberté, the French newspaper, oh, this is going to be good for everyone. I dare Brian Pincott to come to a town hall in St. Boniface. For the residents that live near St. Boniface Hospital, the business live near St. Boniface Hospital, and say that to them to their face, he doesn't have the guts to. 
armchair quarterbacks when it comes to what's best for neighborhoods in Winnipeg. And this is one of the last good neighborhoods left. I want to make sure that our neighborhoods are defended from biased, slanted, rotten to the core public consultation. They make hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm not asking for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, thousands of dollars. I'm not asking for that. I want to pay the rent. I want to put gas in the car. I want to be able to buy groceries. I want to be able to take my grandson out to the park. Pretty simple stuff. And you see the quality of journalism that we are churning out here on the Great Canadian Talk Show podcast up to par with what we were doing on 92.9 Kick FM. There's a reason why people didn't want us to stay on the air. There's a reason why people wanted us gone. There's a reason why people wanted us silenced. Because watchdogs tattle. Watchdogs bark. Watchdogs bite. Remember, as always, you have the power. Do you have a comment, story tip, or want to advertise or support the Great Canadian Talk Show podcast? Email tgcts1 at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group or follow us on Twitter at TGCTS. You have the power. Thanks for listening to the Great Canadian Talk Show. If you want to email Marty, send it to TGCTS1 at gmail.com. Or follow him on Twitter at TGCTS.